check, check, white check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Truck Hero, Hero Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. The Fly Racing Moto 60 Show coming at you live, noon Pacific, Thursday, August 10th, everybody. Three rounds left in the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Championships. And uh, Unadilla, Bud's Creek, and uh, uh, Indiana to wrap up. And uh, pretty exciting times for sure to uh, to see the series winding down. Marvin Muskan, four moto wins in a row. Joey Savacci, two national wins in a row. Are we seeing a bit of the, the points leaders uh, seeing their lead chipped away at a little bit? We will see, everybody. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. 702-586-7857. If you have a question about uh, Unadilla or uh, the Motocross Nations that's coming up or really anything else, just give us a call, please. 702-586-7857. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing for doing this. Uh, Fly Racing, each year, they develop, they test, they improve their products in a never-ending pursuit of a perfect racewear. The first to integrate the BOA system, Fly Racewear offers offers the unmatched comfort, performance, and durability that make an industry leader in technical racewear. Baggett, Pike, running the gear, Benny Bloss running the gear, uh, uh, tons of riders out there. Uh, The Stank Dog. Will be running the gear. The Stank will be racing Unadilla. Uh, for 2018, they have created their lightest, most comfortable, and durable gear yet. Prepare, perform, and progress with Fly Racing. Also, the Get guys, the Get technology. JGR Suzuki uses it. Uh, Team Yamaha uses it with Cooper Webb. He'll be back this weekend as well. And JGR, of course, uses it. Uh, thanks to the new Get ECU generation, the RX1 processor, the LC GPA is extremely precise and works totally different compared to the common OE systems. Destroy the start, get, get. Truck Hero, truck-hero.com. They're a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader JGR Suzuki team. They're a parent company, the NFAB guys. Uh, what they are basically is they're a supplier of premium vehicle accessories made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper. Uh, comprised of worldwide renowned brands, including Back Industries, Undercover, NFAB, Bedrug, and Husky Liners. We thank the folks at Truck Hero for coming on. Also, to Pro Taper, the Geico Honda, the Rockstar Husky, the JGR Suzuki, all running Pro Taper. From the first innovation, which was the crossbarless uh, oversized one and one eighth bar that was invented and patented uh, by Pro Taper, to now the micro line of bars, the fusion bar, the one third waffle grip. Pro Taper continues to innovate and elevate the game. Thanks to the folks at Pro Taper as well for for coming on this show. 702 586 7857. Got a few lines open still. Let's talk Unadilla. Let's talk Motocross Donations uh, with your calls. We are giving away a Fly Works bike stand, people. Yeah. You don't think much about your stand, right? You probably have the same stand for the last five, six, ten years, right? So get the Fly Racing Factory 
Works Bike Stand. And uh, we're going to give that away to a lucky caller. I'm Steve Mathis. Over there in the corner, it's not Tits Legendary. It's his protege, Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? He's racking up quite the... <clears throat> quite the bill, isn't he? Yes, he is. I've You're, been, you like are I've back. Been here a lot. I am not paying you for this. You need to take it out of uh, his pay. Crap. But I have paid him. You are filling in for him. So this is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, so was so was you getting in literally thirty seconds before the show started. <laughs> it's, it's but not, I was here. You were here. Yes. Yeah. All right. Technically, you were here. That's right. All right, everybody. Uh, so please give us a call. Mark's dog uh, manning the mic for this show. Tits will be back next week, or at least we hope. He's probably Mark celebrating the release of the eighteen fly gear still. Like went overboard. I don't think I've ever seen somebody quite so excited over gear. I liked it a lot, but he's uh, he's next level. No, I agree. Also next level when it comes to uh, fly racing is our first guest from uh, Western Power Sports Fly Racing. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? You guys need to catch the fever. I think Tiz has it. I think that's why he couldn't make it. He's so excited over the 18 gear release. And and not only that, but the new catalog, you know, that has everything in it. All the new stuff. Yeah, can you blame him? No, I can't blame. Him. I, I barely made it to work today. And no, it's been I, I going can't. on two weeks. Um, talking about Stank Dog right off the top, Fly Racing Zone Stank Dog. What's his What's his demands for gear? What are they like? Uh, I don't think he has a lot of demands. He's kind of a free spirit, Steve. <laughs> he just whatever, whatever works for Stank. Nah, he's cool. I mean, those yeah. guys are you know he's super easy to work with, and Max is in touch with those guys all the time. I I've never heard a complaint from, from no. Stank Dog about anything. No, I got a feeling Stank probably gets a couple sets, and that's all he ever needs. He doesn't even ask for more. Yeah, he's he's well taken care of. Uh, I would say he gets more than a couple sets, but I've never heard. Uh, I've never heard complaints about him or him having feedback negatively or anything like that. Right. Uh, did you put your vote in on Instagram for the best super team mechanic uh, rider combo, Frank, or you, or me, or Nick? I did. Okay. All right. I did. You voted for yourself and Frank, of course? Uh, my only comment was that I know that I always had a new clutch. That's a low blow. That's a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> he, the guy couldn't keep his hands off the clutch, man. What do you want me to do? Um <laughs> God, that caused me some sleepless nights. Okay, um, so let's before we cut to Unadilla, Justin Cooper making his debut, everybody, uh, straight from the ranch. He was the Horizon Ward winner. He'll be racing uh, this weekend. And um, so before we talk a little bit about that, let's go motocross the nation. So, okay, we don't know the three guys. They will be announced this weekend. We know Seeley is in. That's been confirmed. We know Osborne is in. And I know J-Mart is not the third guy. And I know Bogle is not the guy. And I know Pike is not the guy, JT. So, who in the heck is the third guy? Uh, could be the second gunman on the grassy knoll. Because Osborne can ride 450s. So that it could be a 250 guy. I don't know. But who? I don't know either one. Who could be this third guy? Are we definitely getting an answer this weekend? Yes, we are. Absolutely. Hmm. So, Seeley, Osborne, and it's not Pike, it's not Bogle. Maybe, right? And then put Osborne on the 450, put him on Anderson's bike? How do you not know this? How have you not tracked this down? Well, I've been working on it this morning and working on it last night. Have you talked to Amart? Uh, I have not talked to Amart, no. Hmm. But I would think they would want to leave Osborne down. Wouldn't you? Roger's not a big ride-the-other-bike kind of manager. He hasn't been that way for years. Right. So I'm thinking Osborne's staying small bike. He doesn't have to, but I'm thinking that way. Seeley's a I big bike. So, so then yeah. who, 
if Bogle's not it and Jamar's not it and Pike is not it, who is next up? Yeah, well, we don't think we think Webb's out too, right? We do. We think Webb is out. Yep. Yep. Uh, man, it's not a lot of options. Barsha out. I guess. Yeah, I I think uh, J Bone would have said something about Barsha going if I, when I asked him about Pike. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. A Ray. A Ray. Yeah. Heath Harrison. Heath is also making a bike switch. By the way, off the cycle. Henry trainers. Miller. I mean, why not? Yeah, I honestly don't know. I, I it's going to be somebody that we're we're not thinking of, but no one jumps off the page. I mean, we've gone through so many options to get to where we even are. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, anybody's fair game at this point, really. It's uh, it's going to be a tough ask for USA to break this five-year winless streak. France looks great. Belgium is typically always great, but uh, England will be all right with Dino, I imagine, and Anstey. Um, Mm-hmm. Maybe Searle will ride the small bike. He has done that a few times. But um, Yeah, they haven't announced their team yet. I don't no. know if Sean Simpson's going to be on it. Yeah, okay. he's hurt, right? It seems like he's out. Well, he's he said they're up in the air. He doesn't know. Okay. I mean, he's going to be back. So. Right. Um, and Australia is Gibbs and uh, Lawrence and uh, Ferris. Not a bad team. It could be sneaky good. Yep. Um, especially Lawrence will be hard to be over there and everything. Um, they seem very snake-bitten at this race, though. They do, except for the one year they got third. Other than that, yeah. it came together the one year to get third or second, maybe. And then after that, it, it, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So what do you think? Uh, I mean, where can USA, can USA, can they win? Of course they can, but I mean. Yeah, I think it's possible. I, you know, even without knowing who the team is, mm-hmm. um, I think Zacho does win. I think he'll win MX2. I really believe that. Um you know, Sealy's a wild card for me. I don't know. I think this is going to be a big challenge for him. Uh, the track's going to be, I think, different and tougher than what he's used to. He doesn't have a lot of experience overseas in outdoor racing. You know, I know he went to Japan one time, and, and he did win there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to go to a track like this with Matterly, that these guys have raced a ton, um, the, the MXGP crew. And, you know, I've seen it. Um, it's it's not an easy track to adapt to, and I don't know. I mean, maybe he surprises me. Maybe he does really well, and and he's you know running near the front all weekend. I, I just think it's going to be a learning experience throughout the weekend for him. If he can get his starts down, if he can start in the top five, mm-hmm. uh, I think that'll make life much easier. Similar to what we saw from Jason Anderson's first moto last year. Um, but I, I think uh, you know, for me, I have a lot of question marks around how. Cole does over there um, it just doesn't seem like the perfect event for him he's he, you know he's such a technically uh gifted rider and so precise and you know the motocross nation is just a it's a burly event i mean it's just tough you know there's always something going on people are crashing it seems like something goes wrong over the course of the weekend for everybody and they have to fight through some sort of adversity um, so we'll see. I mean, I, I hope, obviously, for our sake, that he does really well. And then we don't even know who the third guy is. And so also, that brings a whole other aspect to it. Yeah, and also, too, one of your races, you are getting the bad gate pick, generally right. speaking. Yep. So you are yep. and, buried. And obviously, that that raises the stakes for that adversity that I was talking about. You know, it's it's really tough to avoid adversity if you start 37th, you know, in one of the motors right. or 33rd or whatever. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, but really, wow, it's strange how we don't know the third guy or we can't figure it out or we haven't heard even, you know? 
So yeah, I wonder if I wonder if even uh, Roger knows sitting here on Thursday afternoon <laughs> who the third guy is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You man. know, he's had to have gone through a lot of guys yeah. by this point. You yeah, know? a lot of phone calls and a lot of indecision and uncertainty. Uh, did you see the read the interview that Giuseppe Luongo was said the uh, the USA media is trying to create a, a rift, um, and I think he means me. I'm pretty sure he did because he named you my name. No, he didn't, did he? Yes, he absolutely did. I read it. I don't think you named me my name. I just I just reread it, and he absolutely does. Oh, oh that changes everything. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, that's actually not what I'm trying to do, but I'm trying to illustrate how tough this race is for, for the USA guys. Literally, well, when I go from team to team, all I hear about is complaining about the cost, the timing, the issues, the riders. The riders, are, you know, Cooper Webb came out in Racer X and said, I don't want to go. Uh, I didn't make Cooper Webb say that. You know, I didn't talk to Cooper Webb and say, hey, say this when Racer X calls you. Um, you know, I, need that's clarify, all. I need to clarify that because you're right. Luongo did not say that. The the interviewer, um, Jonathan McCready, he he was the one that said yeah. your name by name. Yeah. yeah so there, there we go. To clarify that. So, um, you know, I, I uh, yeah. Well, these guys, I love how these guys do this, by the way. They, they, it's... You know, you bring up some legitimate issues, and they wonder why Team USA always has feels like they got a target on their back when the European media goes after them a little bit. Also, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can understand if you're on the the MXGP and Ustream side. I can understand them not loving your stance because you know you're you're bringing up some difficulties in our you know situation whether it's financially or whether it's uh, just on, on the calendar itself, um, which, you know, we, there are hardships for sure. Whether those hardships are any different than they have been for the past, you know, 15 or 20 years, I, I don't really know. Um, you know, the U.S. Open and the Monster Cup have contractually created some yeah. complications that you, they didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> having a race in late September wasn't a big deal because these guys didn't have to race if they didn't want to until January yeah. again. So that's changed the game a little bit. Um, so I, c- I can see their side. You know, they're going to be defensive a little bit, and they're going to they're gonna try to defend their side too. And I, I think that's a little bit of just the nature of it when you have two different – calendars and two different series and two different promoters even though they're you know this is probably the closest we've ever seen them work together ever in their history mm-hmm. um there's still going to be some hardships you know when you have one race built around two separate calendars yeah i mean look i then i'll i would say it to giuseppe's face usa are the stars they sell you tickets uh and not to mention the purse money is really low and the expenses are really high for this race if you don't want to help out usa um, then, then you know what? USA shouldn't go. They shouldn't uh, help you make money and massively inconvenience them. Here's one thing that a lot of people don't understand, though. If the Monster Cup did not exist, okay, the teams still have to test Supercross in October because they need to order their parts from Japan on once they settle on. That takes a month, a month and a half. I've been there. Uh, so October is the time to test your OEM uh, factory parts uh, from Japan. So you can't just take, you know, you, if the if the Monster Cup wasn't there, people were saying, you know, it's the Monster Cup, it's the Monster Cup. No, it's not. Eli and Ryan Dungey and all these other guys have to start motoring down in Supercross in October for testing reasons, never mind preparation reasons, which, JT, you as a racer have done also. But, you know, if you were to tell me, look, you don't need to start riding Supercross until uh, late October, November, uh, to be ready for January, I might give you that. I might give you that, although that's not what these guys are going to do. But I might understand that. But what these other guys don't understand is the teams are like, no, 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 no. 
we got to test because we got to get our parts in, 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 figured out what we need suspension wise, cams, pistons, everything else by the time mid October comes, late October, so we can place our order with Japan. And no one seems to realize that. So that's another reason why this race is bad. Timing. Yeah, I, I think there's there's some truth in that, but also they don't have to. You know, testing is not it's not going to be five days a week, all day long. Where you know, I you know, and you know how testing schedules are. They're going to test, and the guys when you're testing, it's not a lot of riding. Like you test, yeah. You you do laps. You come in. You wait an hour for them to yep. to change everything. Then you ride ten more laps or even less, and come in and say, okay, well that was good or bad. And then they change everything. It's it's not that grueling of a no. I'm not saying I never said time. it's grueling. I said it takes yeah. time though. It takes two to three weeks of running through things. Yeah, it does. Yep. It does. But I think that the hard thing for these guys, you know, even if they get back, so they would be back on USA soil October 3rd or whatever, October yep. 2nd, I think there's time because even if they took that week off and they started testing the following week, that still gives them three weeks of mm-hmm. testing time before November 1st. Because really for, for you know, these guys that are in boot camps, which, mo- you know, the, the Supercross guys are steering more towards, that all starts November 1st. Yep. So. But, I still think it would be doable. Oh, it's doable. But now you're asking a guy like Eli Tomac or Ryan Dungey who bowed out that you have you now have about two weeks off um a year. Yeah, no, I think I I was just basically countering the fact that the yeah. Monster Cup isn't a factor. I do really do think the Monster Cup is a huge factor. No, it is. Uh, it is. Because, like, for Eli, you know, this whole thing is centering around Eli because he's the one that is capable and, and is choosing not to go. Well, you know, or Dungy the last has, two years. Well, Dungy yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but Eli is the one that he has a ton of pressure to win Monster Cup. You know, he is he's Monster's, you know, preeminent number one motocross athlete worldwide. And for him to win their title event, you know, the Monster Cup wouldn't exist without Monster Energy. So they put a ton of emphasis on that event, and they want him to win there. So I'm sure he feels a lot of pressure to be prepared. And if he goes in there unprepared, which, you know, Motocross of Nations would kind of force him to be a bit unprepared, mm-hmm. um, I don't think he's willing to take that chance. Even if he doesn't win, I think yeah. he'll, he will feel much better about it going in, right. knowing he's the guy to beat. Right. Uh, let's get to some phone lines here. Ed, what's going on? You have a suggestion for the Motocross of Nations. Yeah, any chance that third rider could possibly be Trey Kennard? No, no. Uh, and it's along the same lines as I've heard the Ryan Dungey. Like, they're done. Yeah, uh, Trey yeah, hasn't even done. ridden since so his last crash. Yeah. Um, Trey hasn't even Trey ridden. Get behind, great send-off. Yeah, it would be, but Trey hasn't even ridden, like JT just said. So, no, no chance at all. But, uh, all right. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, no, thank you. Same with Ryan Dungey. He's not getting on a bike and doing this. No, uh, I mean, those guys are... They're, they're, yeah, I mean, I, I know, you know, most of the people can't relate to it because they haven't gone through it. But once you're done, like, you're you're kind of done. Like, your way of thinking changes. And maybe in a year or two that, yeah. you know, I went through it, too, where, like, man, I'd, I'd like to do that again. I'd like to go race again and go through the motions and go through the process. But like you're right fit- now, I, they like, don't. They don't want to. Like you know, our Finland experience where you're like, oh, yeah, wait, yeah. this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they right now they're kind of in that period where it's like man it's really nice not to have to wake up and go train and ride and worry about you know the pressure of Mm -hmm. you know hurting yourself really bad Um, i don't think they're in any hurry to step back into that arena or that pressure or expectation houston what's going on you say christian craig yeah i think the next possibility would be christian craig or i know j-bone like you guys are saying j-bone said that weston pike wouldn't be but 
I think he'd be the next person in line after Craig, um, honestly. Okay, Craig's not a bad suggestion, except uh, the reason I said no Jamar is because some of the sources that I talked to uh, – Tell me that Honda said we're only spending enough money. We're only sending one guy. We are not spending the money to send two guys. So yeah. Craig is out and Jay Mart is out and Celia is in for that reason. And another reason, mm-hmm. you know, again, so one of the OEMs has said, and rightfully so in my opinion, we don't want to send two guys because of the cost. And there's another reason why this race is in danger. So um, yeah, I think it's thanks, thanks, Houston. I, Thank you. Yep, I struggle. Christian Craig pick, and I, and I know we're we don't have a ton of options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just he's a great rider. Don't get me wrong. But you go to you look at his results in the last you know however many rounds since he's been back, and he went you know five, twelve, ten, seven, 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 nine, nine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's better than I could do. And mm-hmm. it might you know when I was at my best. But I mean. That's that's not what we would expect out of a motocross nation's pick for the 450 class, right? No, yeah, uh, I agree. Um, but we're at that point where we're looking at. I know, at, I hear you. I mean, there's so. not a, there's not. I'm looking at the, right. the points right now, and there's not really yeah. anything left. But it's just when you look at the results and yeah. you look at on paper what you know we're trying to go over there, win or podium. That's that's a big ask for those results. Um, right on. Let's get to Derek. Derek, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, basically, I just think you got to lay off this whole America needs to get catered to to go to the MXCN. Like, this isn't supposed to be America. It's supposed to be, like, kind of like an Olympic deal. These athletes should be proud to go and want to go. And, like, I mean, I'm Canadian, so I'm, i got no card in this. But yeah. honestly, like, I don't know, man. It sounds terrible, and I'm sure, like, all the, you know, the whatever European guys hearing you are just like oh yeah i'm sure they are i'm sure they are man i i I get what you're saying they should want to go you know blah 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 but the fact is the fact is these teams and riders don't want to go uh ryan dungey didn't want to go eli tomek has not wanted to go the teams i talked to are like ah shit i hope we don't get asked like that is the feeling yeah, in the pits. If they don't want to go, then they shouldn't go, and that should just look bad for the riders. Like I, I'm a Tomac fan, yep. and I think the guy just looks like a. I I don't want to say it right. He looks terrible. Um, you should be like, I'll make it happen somehow because this is like one of the biggest races I could ever do. Well, look that's at Jeff Stanton. You tell me he wouldn't race an extra three races a year. Well, actually, Derek Jeff Stanton bailed in 1992. He said he didn't want to go. Bradshaw did not want to go. Uh, they bailed in 92. That was the year everyone bailed. That's well, right. whatever. I'm just yeah. saying. They Stanton also bailed. People have these short memories of these American heroes. They, they bailed also. So um, it happens. And, again, Derek, if if Eli went and he, and he would do a – I think he would win and maybe USA would win if he went, he would have two weeks off this year. Two weeks. Yeah, well, that's where uh, they need to – you know, monsters got to pull their head out of their ass well, or whatever. Okay, but wait a minute, Derek. You just you just said my point about trying to help USA is is not a good point, and that's what I'm trying to say. If you want yeah, to put but on, that's not that's not the GPS or the European. That's American motocross that has a problem. That's not world motocross. Well, how does it, races in the U.S. Well, but we've had the same amount of races for seven, eight, ten years no, now. Red Bull Straight Rhythm, Monster Cup. Monster like they're adding not, races in the state. Yeah, but no, Eli Tomac doesn't do Mon, uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm, and the Monster Cup has been around since 1998. It was the U.S. Open before, so it's been yeah, around and for. It wasn't t- a big deal back then, and now it's contracted. He has to do it. Like he didn't have. 
you know, well, whoever. I mean, Stewart didn't have to go to uh, the Vegas Open or whatever, right? He didn't have to. Some years he did, some years he didn't. Right, right. The problem is the Monster Cup, I think. The problem is the date. If the, JT, yeah, well, JT, if true, this yeah. race, if this race was September fifteenth, Eli Tomac would go. Ryan Dungey would have went. But if you take Monster Cup out and he's sitting home till January, it doesn't seem so bad pushing, you know, riding another three four weeks here into October but, or whatever. But that so goes until January. But that goes to what I was saying. If you had no Monster Cup, Eli would race the USGP first week in September. He would take two weeks off and then he would have to test. Uh, for the motocross of nations, and then he would go straight into supercross testing. So when is his time well, off? Monster Cup if, or not? If it was off, he'd have a November. He could sit home start testing in January. They would. They would never take November off. JT, back me up on that. Nobody's taking November Riders? off. No, yes. they wouldn't. know. they can't. Riders that's are. When build, that's yeah, when you fair. build your base. Like you can't. So November is out of the question. October is out of the question. The only month these guys have is September. After the U.S. season, and now if you're on Des Nations, you have no time off. You have to keep motoring down, testing fuels, testing exhaust, uh, traveling over to Europe. Because, by the way, these guys go so early now, too. Like, USA used to show up, like, whatever, a couple days before. Now they're now they're there the week before, and they're riding locally, you know, to shake down the bikes. Yeah, it's a 10-day event to get over It is. It's a, it is, absolutely. So, look, it, Derek, they, they're, they're the stars of the show. I'm Canadian like you. I don't give a shit about, about the American team so much. JT would probably want to punch me in the face for that but they are the stars of the show the the riders that the, when they when they finish their press conference Derek the the press room empties out JT back me up on that it empties out but, but do you think do you think that MXGP should be forced to change their schedule because they race you know, their last GP is on September 17th so what do you do with that but it used to not be they used to wrap up right around September also so yes I think the GPs need to be pushed back more and the designations well, AMA motocross short like they yes bunched their races together to finish earlier they did they yeah, have to again, because of college American football motocross where things have changed no they have right? they have to because of college football American, if they don't they won't get on TV American motocross changed Derek you're right and the GPs changed both changed. Yeah, okay. Both at fault. There we go. Both have I'll changed their schedules. GPs have lengthened theirs. American have shortened theirs. This race, this nations, is pushed further back than it's ever been. It used to be September 15th. It was September 5th. It was the 22nd. Uh, all of that. Uh, it's been that. And, and of course, a lot of, bit of it is the fault of the calendar. The way it works in the calendar is this is the latest it'll be. Now, next year, it should be September 25th or however the calendar works. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I just, if you want the stars of the show there, and that's what Team USA is, help them out. Help them out, and it's clear this schedule isn't helping them because we're getting, we're getting guys not racing. We're getting teams drop, teams hoping they don't get picked. We're getting, uh, you know, third and fourth rate. Uh, yeah, when guys are hoping they don't get picked, that's not a good situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not Osborne. He, he loves to go. He wants to go. He can't <laughs> wait to go. But other than that, uh, I'm with you. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thanks. All right. Um, yeah, it's a hot topic, JT. The fans want to talk about it. And Eli has been getting roasted by some fans if you go through his social media. But yep. he he has to expect that. If you're Eli Tomek and you're upset about that, then I, I would wonder about it. You have to expect you're going to take this criticism. Yeah, that doesn't make it any less frustrating, I don't think. <laughs> Says the guy that reads social media comments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just don't think they can 
you know, understand his perspective on it. You know, it's one of those things where um, it's like the rule of super rich athletes is just because you're rich doesn't mean you don't have your own set of problems. Mm -hmm. The main difference is that no one wants to hear about them. So... (laughs) Um, right. Yeah, that's what they yeah. always say is you can't, you can never complain about any sort of uh, financial problem or contract dispute if you're a rich athlete because right. you will just get buried in yeah. the media. So. Um, I mean, it's been two years in a row. Eli Tomac said no, no moss, and I understand well, it. I do. And the first, you know, and kind of how I was trying to tie that in is the first thing you hear is, "Well, I only get two weeks of vacation. I work every day. Yeah, you know? it's yeah. that's what you're going to get, and it's." It's not really the same because those guys, most people don't travel every single weekend all year long. You know, they, so yep. when you're at home on the weekend, those guys are at their job. And then when you're at work during the week, they're also at their job. So uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's apples and oranges on, on some levels as far as comparing the, a nine to five job to what these guys are doing in time off. Because are, just because they have time off, what you yeah. think is time off, they don't have time off. They're still mountain biking and riding and training and bicycling and doing all these brutal you know training yeah. sessions they're just not racing are you are you understanding of tomac's decision i am i don't like it um i don't like it for for a myriad of reasons but i understand the logic for sure you know I'd, to say you don't get it or understand it would be would be stupid i mean it, if you have any sort of common sense you can understand his plight uh i just don't necessarily love it when when you look at the situation you see how much this race means to the fans and you've seen that we haven't won since 2011 um and how much it would mean you know he's looking at all the negatives of it but could you imagine how much fan support and how much sponsored you know positivity he would get by actually being like you know what this is going to be really hard mm-hmm. it's going to be really tough it's going to put me in a bind but this is bigger than all of that and i need to be there you know could you imagine the yeah the positives he would gain from that. Yeah, so. but then you go there and you lose like he did two years in a row, and you then you have people talking shit on you again about. Losing. Yeah, but have you ever have you ever heard negatives on his riding? Because I haven't. No. I, you know, even when we saw him lose, he was just lights out. Yep. Yeah, I mean, good. No, you know? for sure, absolutely. He he looked like he was really taking the losses hard too. You know, afterwards yep. and everything else. Fly racing Moto sixty show, uh, presented by Pro Taper Truck Hero and the folks at Get Data. We thank the folks at Fly Racing. We're still going to give away a uh, Factory Works bike stand JT to somebody. Um, let's go to Porch. Porch, what's up, bro? Hey, guys, um, I don't know if I missed this or if you guys have talked about it in a previous podcast or something, but uh, what about Plessinger on that third bike? Yeah, they 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 talked to him. They looked at him. Uh, I guess he has to get some surgery after the season, um, like like Anderson also. Um, he needs some surgery to clean something up or, or repair something. So they would think it's foot. Okay. Yeah, I believe it's their ankle or foot. Ankle they, maybe. They were thinking about porch on a 450 um, for, for this race, but uh, he's out. So, um they thought uh, yeah, I did not know that. So. Okay. Thanks, man. Cool. That's all, right, all, you all right, let's get to Adam. Adam, what's going on? Uh, you do not have a Disnations question. No, I'm ready to change the topic. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I have a question. Yeah, you know, I've been watching Zach Osborne all year and Eli Tomac, you know, to some extent also. And then when they rail around the outside, it, it was kind of a surprise to me because I, I was going, man, why don't I see more people just railing the outside? It's almost as if they lost the ability to do that. And it got me to thinking, do, do you guys think that has anything to do with the four strokes? You know, you had 125s, you, you had to, you know, keep your momentum up, and you just had to rail the outside a lot more. And I was wondering if you guys thought that maybe 
modern day riders have sort of lost the ability to just hold it open and, and rail the outside. What do you it think, seems JT? Like more would be does, doing uh, it. Zach Osborne's just awesome when he goes around the outside. Does Adam have a I point? See anybody else doing it? Um, it's, it's not that they've lost the ability. Um, I would I would argue that riders now are more skilled than any level we've ever seen, and that's just evolution of a sport. You know, that's like saying mm-hmm. uh, Tom Brady or is it, he absolutely is better than Dan Marino was. It's just athletes have gotten bigger, better, faster, stronger in the last decades. So just like the bikes have allowed riders to progress, so have their skill sets. You know, scrubbing didn't exist. Uh, there, there's a lot mm-hmm. of techniques that have grown. So they definitely know how to. Uh, what the four-stroke has done is they have so much torque and so much power and also traction control abilities that they've mm-hmm. made basically the inside line kind of rule the day 99% of the time. Uh, if you mm-hmm. ever listen to a riding coach, talk to his riders now, uh, Supercross Outdoors, it doesn't really matter. You're going to hear the, the phrase shortening the track up quite a bit. And what that means is they're just trying to make the shortest track possible because the momentum factor isn't, it's not as relevant on a four stroke. You have such an Mm -hmm. ability now to get back up to, to race speed because the bikes are so fast that you don't have to worry about it as much where, you know, just like you said, on a 125 and a 250, it, it was a lot of work to, you had to keep that bike going because it was a lot of work to get it back there. Now on a 450, and even the 250s are over 50 horsepower. So just think about that. Um, mm-hmm. They can basically take any line they want and get back right back up to speed in a in a heartbeat. So um, there are instances where it works, like Osborne, and, and that was one of the not, the greatest passes I've I've seen in years. Yeah, um, that was awesome. But for the most part, the inside line is going to be the fastest, you know, all the way around the track, which which kind of sucks, but that's yep. just the nature and, of four stroke. And in Supercross, they have uh, Dartfish, a shadowing program. Where they film a rider, and uh, and you can see you can overlay yourself, and you know you just try to go inside of where they're going, and you want to shorten it up, like JT said. That's what these guys' goal is, and and, and it's perfect, JT. Great point, because the, the four strokes now you can shorten anything up and still clear whatever you need to. So well, then um, well, here's my little extension to that is well, when they see, let's say Osborne making this pass on the outside, I keep going, oh. There's a new line. They're gonna. Everyone else is gonna start doing that, or at least try it. And I, I just didn't see that. And I, I keep did, going. Well, but, man, maybe they just don't trust yeah. themselves, or I don't know. But did you see how? I mean, a hard effort he, and the yeah. risk yeah. that he put in yeah. to pull that off. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was incredible. Don't get me wrong. But if you do that, or anyone else tried that for the remaining laps, they're probably going to crash one of the times. He went exactly hard included, and you know? sunk it in there. And, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just, it was incredible to watch, but it's not something you'd want to do lap in and lap out because of the risk yeah. factor. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, a few more here. Uh, let's go to Eric. Eric, what's up, man? You got a question about 250 silly season? Yeah. Hey guys, I'm just curious. Um, you know, we heard about Justin Hill and, and then Jay Martin, his Geico deal was to 450, and we don't. I don't know what's been said about Zacco, but like, what's going on? Do you think with JGR, they're going to have four spots? I saw in that press release, and um, Star with picking up uh, Cooper. Are they going to? Are they going to renew Mitchell Harrison, who's kind of turned it around? What What do you guys know about 250 silly season stuff? JT, help us out here. What What, what do we know? I don't know, man. You know, Weston's. Um trying to get his deal done so he'll be there i think two years uh they're hoping i think both sides are wanting that if they can work it out 
But honestly, I don't know. Uh, with Barsha, who knows? Um, it sounds like he's not going to be there, but I haven't heard you know any hard plans of him going anywhere else. So uh, I would assume they're going to keep Phil. Everything I've heard sounds like they keep Phil. It sounded like Bichelia was going to go there too. Is that is that what you hear? You've heard, Steve? Um, I would think Bichelia has a spot on the 250 team that Eric is asking about. Um, yep. Yeah. So I mean, if Phil, I think is going to stay there, and Bichelia is going to stay there, and then you know, I. I don't think they have a whole lot of anything finalized from what I've heard other than they're going to have factory Suzuki's. So. And, uh, Eric, I don't know about Star. I don't know what that means for Mitchell Harrison, as you asked. Um, Justin Hill staying at Pro Circuit, 250s. Um, J-Mart, is staying, J-Mart, is, yeah, J-Mart is staying at 250s on Geico. Um, what else? Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know what? I, I would not be surprised to see Davalos out of JGR Suzuki 250JT. I would not be surprised at that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, man, how how nuts is that going to make you? Well, we'll cross that, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> so my therapist has been doing well. So Zacho is, like, he's definitely going to stay 250? Zacho is 250, yep. He will be for on Supercross. 250. All right, for yeah. Supercross. Oh, Supercross, maybe four for the outdoors? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. There's some oh. news. Thanks, man. So a lot of status, status quo for next year, then? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, in 250 ranks, yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, Corey, what's going on? Uh, What's happening? Hey, how's it going? I just got an idea maybe for funding for the MX Donations. uh, All these guys are getting bonuses. Why don't we take 1% of those bonuses that Fly Racing, Pro Circuit, they're all paying in, put it in a little escrow fund, and then use that for the teams that need to help sending their riders over. Why don't we take 1% of your pay? And give it to the team. Yeah, the riders are never going to. That's not going to happen. I mean, I, Corey, I, I, in, in a perfect world, sure, that's awesome. But these guys aren't going to agree to that. There's no way. Well, then they they don't have to spend their own money out of pocket. It's kind of like getting it back at the back end and and then being patriotic and representing the country. Well, you think Pike's going to be like, hey, yeah, I'll give one percent of my fly racing deal to help out a team that I may not be on? Never going to get on. Never going to happen. But, Corey, I mean, I get it. I mean, thanks for the idea. But um, these guys no, just sure. aren't going to do that. So, thanks, man. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they're going to say, yeah, I'll take, you know, Somebody... add that 1% and then in to give me another 1% and I'm fine with it. You know, <laughs> Keep my deal the same, just add another 1%. Somebody asked me about starting a GoFundMe for Team USA. I'm like, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, Cameron, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? I uh, just wanted to say, I, I don't know if y'all follow the 90s moto on uh, Instagram or not, but I had seen to where uh, Wardy was willing to step up for that for that third spot on the MXDN team. <laughs> no, I, I didn't see that. I saw Stanton replied to me on Twitter that he'd go. Um, and that's awesome. That's great. These guys were heroes. I love these old guys. But times have changed, man. I'm the first guy to, to praise mm-hmm. these old dudes and talk about walking uphill to school in the snow both ways and i love them but times have changed um you know uh stanton told me he made more in the off season um than he did in his entire honda contract at the european supercross races well eli tomac that's that's far from what eli tomac gets paid for 29 american races and makes millions you know so times have totally changed it's just an apples to oranges in my opinion yeah, I know that. Like, like you said, Roger doesn't think outside of the box as far as putting a guy on a, a 250 guy on a 450. But you know, a guy like Adam Cinturillo would be ready to go, and yeah, uh, yeah. probably Savachi, something like that. Yeah, but, I, uh, I think I might have heard something that you said that Mitch was bowing out on something. 
Uh, no, not that I know of. Mitch, Mitch doesn't. Okay. Mitch hasn't been part of Team USA for years. Maybe that was it. Mitch used to be. Yeah, a, yeah he used to be an integral part with Roger, and uh, for years now, uh, Peyton has been out of the deal, and uh, I think he's a little curious why himself why he's been sort of uh, not been consulted or brought over or used on the team USA but that's you know that, that that's the only thing that I that I might have said um yeah Roger hasn't yeah I mean put a put Osborne on a 450 he's ridden it for Puerto Rico mm-hmm. over there in, in England and rode it very well and put a put a 250 guy on a, a, a Mart or um or AC or one of these guys so anything else yeah, I agree yeah uh, one other question for JT it's a fly racing question uh I've I'm big into mountain bikes also, and uh, I uh, was trying to pay attention to the UCI downhill uh, mountain bike uh, races a few weeks ago, trying to pay attention to see if there was any fly-sponsored ath- uh, athletes over there. I uh, didn't know if JT might know of one of those uh, few guys to look for. You know anybody, JT, yeah. on that side? Yeah, um, yeah our, we have a pretty significant downhill uh, program. Do you know, uh, have you ever heard of Bernard Kerr? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a fly sponsored athlete. He's probably our you know premier athlete that we have out there right now. Um, okay. But yeah, that's a that's a big growing market for us. Uh, another rider, uh, Kyle Warner, uh, he does a lot of the enduro stuff. Um, he's a, he's actually in the office here yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's a growing market. There's you know obviously a ton of market there, but it's a growing segment of the market for us. Um, you know we we only we're only a few years into that, and, and if obviously you're into that market but you you know how many brands there are out there so we're finding our oh, yeah. way we're growing our you know our our dealer network and uh trying to do it the right way just like we did with moto you know it, it takes time to basically find your way into a completely different customer base yeah uh, i know you had a uh, connor connor fields is the the bmx guy over there so i was just wondering if y'all had any uh and I didn't know Bernard Kerr was on your uh, oh, there we on, go. Your, on your team over there. Hey, uh, you got a yep. you got a bike uh, cam? Uh, you got a bike uh, uh, camera? Uh, yes, sir. Got a few of them. All right, you want a fly racing factory work stand? Absolutely, man. All right, stay on hold, and uh, Travis will get your information. Thanks for calling, man. Sweet, thanks, Steve. Thank you. A lot of phone calls. A lot of people want to talk to us nations. I want to talk some Unadilla, JT. So I'm going to let you go. Talk some Unadilla with Charles Caslu. And uh, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, flyracing.com. No worries. Thanks, guys. All right. See you. That's Jason Thomas, flyracing.com. Prepare, perform, and progress with Fly Racing. Check out their 2018 line of uh, products. Now get Pro Taper, Truck Hero all on board with us. Uh, let's get to our next guest. He works for 100% Goggles. He's a national sales manager, Charles Castle. What's up, Charles? How are you, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, listening to you and JT wrap up. So many designations. Uh, questions uh and it's a it's a tricky touchy subject for fans i get it you know um i wish it was just like it used to be but it's not and i understand these teams and riders totally i mean the times times have changed a bit and so has the schedules here and the schedules over in europe so it's just it's kind of the i think kind of the perfect storm in the worst case for for our riders in our series uh, absolutely. Uh, let's get to, before we get this phone calls, let's talk Unadilla a little bit. Jason Anderson is out uh, again this weekend. Yep. Um, Marvin Muscan has four moto wins in a row. E.T. obviously is the points leader and has won uh, most of the races this year. Unadilla is a very good track for Marvin, though. So this, this could be a really good battle, Charles. Yeah, I think uh, Marvin... Most of the GP riders seem to have success at, at Unadilla when they come over for you know, whatever reason. Being that the track is is more European, I guess. But um, and Marvin, especially with his his throttle control and his 
ability to find traction when, when there's not necessarily a lot for everybody else. Um, but having said that, mm-hmm. you know, these don't play into Eli Tomac's strengths, but I think he typically does okay there. Um, despite not being his, his perfect scenario track, like a Southwick or something. Yeah. What do you look for happening? Like, do you think Marvin keeps this going? Do you, and if you're Eli, are you like, ah, you can take it, Marv. I, um, you know, I got a point sleep. Yeah. I, I, if I was a betting man, I would put money on Marvin, uh, winning both motos and, and Eli giving them a run, I would mm-hmm. say, but yep. I think there's no chance Eli just rolls over for him. But I think we're getting into the, the final motos of the year where Eli does have that, that voice in the back of his head saying, you know, is, is it, is it juice worth the squeeze here? Do I need to, yeah. to mount an attack here when Marvin's clearly riding really well? Yeah, I agree. I think at this point, and if you're Osborne the same way, uh, Savachi's won two in a row, and Amart is trying to race. I don't know how Amart will do this weekend. Plessinger has gone balls fast at this track before. If you're Osborne and you have a 74-point lead with six motos to go, like, hey, take the podium, right? I mean, it's okay if one of these other guys takes off. Yeah, yeah, there's – you know, you can give up a few, um, you know, battles to win the war, I think would be the best way to say it. And uh, Plessinger was, was really good here last year. Sabachi at, at Unadillo actually got second in the first moto and, and had a DNF in the last moto because he, for whatever reasons, he was working through. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was he was sneaky good in the first moto last year, too. So yeah. I, I see both Plessinger and, and Joey um, you know, pushing towards the front with Zach. Uh, crazy how Savachi's turned his year around. They did some testing in Tallahassee, him and AC, chassis stuff, suspension stuff, and crazy, Joe. I mean, you know, part of it starts and everything else, but, man, these guys, you know, Charles, as a media guy, sometimes it's frustrating because you you cover these guys week in and week out, and you talk about them, and you theorize on them, and, and you, you you know, you try to figure out what's, what makes them do well or do poorly or whatever, and in the end, Charles, maybe it just boils down to being such mental cases, and now we've seen Joey turn it around. <laughs> you, you've been saying that forever, and I, I completely agree. Joey, I've known Joey since he was on 80s, and uh, I'd call him a, a pretty good friend of mine, and I have no idea what to expect of him when the gate's about to drop. <laughs> right? it, it could go either way. He, he's if he starts up front, it seems like he wins. But then, as soon as you you label him as he needs a start to win, mm-hmm. he'll get a start and fade back to twelve. So yeah. I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those one of those things. I think AC he he lost the overall win at Washuga. I'm biased. I really like the kid, and and you do too, probably. I don't know how much you know him, yeah. but he's a, he's a really good dude. So I'm biased. But I think with him losing the overall with a half a lap to go at Washuga, I think. I think he wins a moto this weekend. I don't know about the overall, but I think he Ooh. comes out like like balls out this weekend. Hot take, right? I like it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see why he couldn't. I mean, he Adam's never been short on talent or, or speed, so yeah. I don't I don't see a reason why you can really argue it. I look looking at results last year, he got mm-hmm. fourth in the first moto, so it's not like this is a bad track for him. Um, you didn't go to the ranch, right? Correct. No, no, I did not. Um, but, but I knew you watched. I know you watched it, and I know you're involved with the with the star team. Uh, Justin Cooper, the Horizon Award winner. What do you think? Yep. How do you? Um, I, I think the kid's good, really good. First of all, to get that out of the way, he's he's. I think he has a bright future, but I think he's not that kind of light a match, set a set on fire type kid. I think mm-hmm. he he's kind of been building for a long time and getting better and better and. Um, I see something like a, a 12, 15 or something like that out of him, I would think. I think if he finishes both motos in the points, 
um, does all the laps. Yeah. Starts up near the front, maybe one moto, and learns a little bit. I, I think you got to take that as a win. It's crazy because normally, whether it's Bogle or Jmart or, or Eli or any Barsha, any of these kids that come out that are the next big thing, they come out. They they and even if Zach Bell, even look at somebody like Zach Bell, uh, sure. flashes of brilliance at your first race, your first moto, uh, you know, whatever. Early on, always adrenaline and and freshness and everything else gets you out front, and. That's normally what happens. But a guy like Chase Sexton, like I think he's been very good, but he's never got the start. He's just quietly put in his motos and working towards the front. And, you know, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, and, that, and that's Chase Sexton's MO from, you know, from when he was on 65s, I think, even. He's always been notoriously not the best starter, but always in really good shape, tries really hard, mm-hmm. and a really talented kid. So he's always kind of worked his way to the front. Um, which, unfortunately, at this level, you know, getting bad starts, yeah. you can't work your way up past, you know, six, seven, eight, nine without some really good starts. So that right. seems to be where he's finishing around, or hovering around 10th-ish. I mean, I think if if Cooper can come out and, and match Sexton or, you know, finish right around there, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. We're just all spoiled I, I would, by these other kids, right? We're spoiled by right. these dudes coming in and. Yeah, the Barshas and the you know yep. Tomax and those guys have I've kind of jaded the uh, the expectations for kids coming in. Which last year Unadilla would have been what Taft's first race was he the the guy? Uh, I think so. Yeah. 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 How did he do it? Uh, he got a twelfth in Moto Two actually, which is better than I remember. So. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah, that that would be great. I think for you know Cooper coming in. Um, yeah, I think so too. Um, it should be interesting to to see anybody else coming out that you know of. Um, yeah, Joey Crown, the, the team green kid. I, I believe he's turning pro. Um, um, which he's he's always been a team green kid the last few years and and been pretty solid, but kind of like uh, well, you know, he's not the same kind of deal. He's not getting ripping whole shots and no, you know, knocking off mud at wind. So. Well, I've seen him in Canada a bunch, right? He's raced Walton, and he's done a few nationals and stuff up there. So I've seen him race. It feels like he's been pro, but yeah, absolutely, officially turning pro now. Uh, Jerry Robbins' switch to uh, Privateer Honda, <laughs> does it make you, make you more confident in his fantasy potential? Uh, yeah, Honda's a really reliable 450. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's about all I got for that. But he... I mean, the kid is fast. He can ride a motorcycle. It's uh-huh. just the ability to do it for 35 minutes yeah. twice on Saturday. That's, yeah. That's the key here. No, absolutely. I, I'll take a flyer on it and say, yeah, he he does finishes two motos better than he has thus okay. far this season. All right, let's get to some phone calls. Uh, Tony, what's going on? Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. What's up, Steve? How are you? Good. I just actually wanted to uh, talk about Austin Root. Okay. I actually, I've been, I've been helping him and watching him for a while, and uh, he actually just switched to Husqvarna for Washougal. Oh, okay. His best race. And um, if you check your DM, your wish about him running a different butt patch is in there. Oh, yeah? Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah he's got to run Groot. Got to. Yeah. Well, check your check your DM because it, it, that's what he did. You hear that, Caslu? You see the kind of influence we have on this show? <laughs> yeah. Clearly, have some pull, right? Is, uh, is often route racing Unadella this weekend? He's racing this weekend. He's racing this weekend. He's actually he's got a little bit of help from JMC Motorsports out of uh, out of Washington. He the week before Washougal, he was riding. You know, he was riding. I guess for Kawasaki and uh, 
hold the Nationals, he kept having bike problems, motors kept blowing. He had a full-blown race motor that just wouldn't make it through a whole moto. So well, we had the speed. He just completely frustrated. They uh, they basically made a last-minute switch to Husky with uh, with the help of those guys at JMC. And I think he rode the bike for like an hour before watching Wow, he killed it. Good job. I'm picking him for fantasy then because of the butt patch and the fact he killed it at Washougal. Yeah, and his family's actually from that area, so originally, so he uh, he's got a lot of family in there. So he's, I, I think he's going to be in like the it. top fifteen this weekend. He's actually had some time on the bike and has suspension that's actually set for him. He actually rode stock suspension. Jeez, uh, so. Caslu, can you wow. can you believe wow. this? <laughs> um, we're, I'm picking. I'm on Team Groot. That's it. We're yep. yep Groot's my guy. That's I'm awesome. Yeah, on the Austin Groot train. Yep. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, you man. It, Thank you. Yeah, check out that butt patch. That's pretty impressive. Uh Ryan, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, um, so I know we're we're done talking about MXDN, but uh, no, we can keep just, talking about it. Sure, why not? All right, so uh, you know, isn't Monster a title sponsor of the MXGP and the uh, Nation? Yes. So why can't they make it a priority for Tomac to race those since he's a Monster athlete? They're Monster events instead of let's say skip one GP or even skip the Monster Cup. The MXDN is the biggest stage, I would think, than these other races. You got me. Great question. <laughs> they, they they want to Eli to go race a USGP in front of a thousand people. Although right. Char- Charlotte yeah. had a lot of people. Charlotte was all right, but uh, in front of a thousand people and and dominate as opposed to the North Cross Nations. I cannot figure that out either. Uh, Charles, what about you? I I would assume it's something like you know Eli's contract has X amount of obligations post. Outdoor National Series here in the U.S., um, which must be, you know, let's say it's two rounds, two races. So he fulfills those with Monster Cup and the last GP, which makes the most sense for his schedule. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it, it rules out. I mean, designation. I would think, you know, if it, if it's two two, you know, pro races or an obligation after the Nationals, like just you would think that'd be like, well, skip the USGP. They see you race enough in the U.S. Yep. No, it's a way I, bigger listen, stage. Listen, man, I don't know how many viewers they're going to watch. The MXG, the the MXDN on on TV or live versus the the GP. Well, you know what? You're absolutely right. We've all asked that question. We all have no answers. Uh, the only thing yeah. I can think of is the motocross the nations is going to have thirty thousand people there, no matter who is racing, mm-hmm. and the the USGP needs some help in propping it up because we've seen it hasn't been the strongest. So yeah. if you're monster, you're like. We have these 30,000 people already. They're going to this race, whether Eli Tomac shows up or not. Um, but, um, you know, we need help with the USGP. Yeah, I guess that's it. Or yep. or maybe maybe they are doing coke. So. Yeah, oh, geez. Here we go. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks for the call. <laughs> Hi, thank thank you. you. Oh, they're so mad at me down there at Monster. Somebody get Bruce Bernstrom on the phone. Let's get to the bottom of this. Oh, listen, I've, I've talked to Bruce. I did a Racer X article about him a couple weeks ago. Like, these guys are not... And that's why everybody jumps on on Mathis is talking shit and Mathis. I, I'm getting the pulse of the pits, Charles. These people yeah. don't want to go. They don't want to spend the money. The riders don't want to go. So let's fix this. Let's. I mean, I'm speaking in general terms, of course, but let's fix this right. in, in my eyes. You know. So uh, anyway, Shad, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I was wondering if you've seen there on social media, uh, DV was hanging out uh, practicing with uh, Fernandez, so I didn't know if he had something going on there for Motocross the Nations, was, you know, doing the French Connection or what? Uh, and what do you think uh, France and chances are this year, like, being the best team out? 
I like France to win, Charles. What do you think? Yeah, I think they've got a pretty pretty strong team. They obviously Marvin opting out. They had a really good backfill for that, so I, I think they're sitting probably pretty good. Um, yeah, they got they got Ferrandis, They have uh, uh, Paul in, and they have uh, Patcherell, I believe. Um, Which it's pretty good, pretty good deal. Yeah. Um, as far as DV, no, I think he's just helping him out, man. Chad, he's just chilling. Um, you know, bored probably. So. Oh yeah. No, no official helping with that. Uh, w- one more thing. Sure. I, it all depends if he's a dual citizen, but uh, can Wilson ride for USA? Uh, no, no. He already rode for Canada. Now he's riding for England. I think you are allowed oh. one country swap, uh, but he wouldn't do it anyways. Dino wouldn't do it. I mean, Chad has an American passport. He would never ride for Team USA, you know? So it's uh, not going to okay. happen. Yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show, Charles Castellou. How's things 100%, by the way, Charles? Everything good? Yeah, things are awesome. We're uh, just getting ready to launch our 2018 products at the end of the month. So embargo will be lifted August 30th. Oh, here we go. You, embargo. I'm sure you love. So, uh, so yeah, just busy times getting getting everybody set up and all the assets in place to, to launch that collection. Shooting, going for X-Brand is a big goal um that you guys are shooting for and so uh, let's hope you do it uh, i you know yeah um, i'm sure i'll see rich taylor at the upcoming nvp parts unlimited show and rich is a good dude i really yeah. like him no absolutely uh hey before we let you go here uh so you've been following this series as closely as i have who are some guys will start in 250 class who's a couple of guys or one guy um that's really impressed you surprised you with their outdoor season um, 250 class, you know, someone that kind of sticks out to me, although they're not yep. super high in the results, mm-hmm. but Nick Gaines. Yeah, no, I agree. Right. And he's been, he was, I would argue, arguably one of the, the most inconsistent guys, you know, in the series a year or two ago. And as he sits today, I think he's, he's 16th in points and he just steadily clicks off, you know, 15th, 16th, 13th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even got a 10th at, at, in a moto. He's, He's super consistent. He's, you know, I would say the first really non-factory guy, him or Luke Rinslin, yep. uh, kind of battling for that spot. But Luke, I mean, I think he even has a little more support than, than Nick, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. They, um, I would say Nick Ames would be my first first one to mind. Yeah, Luke and Nick are on the same team. They're on the Traders Yamaha team. Oh, okay. Um yeah. I agree, too, and, and it's funny you say that, Charles, because often when I look at the points in the 250 class, not so much 450s, but in 250s, I will find that guy that doesn't have the factory support because it is really hard to compete in that class on a bike that you know right. that, that's modded with stuff that has to last uh, longer than, than the factory stuff, and, and it's really hard to compete, and I'll often look at a guy like that and be like, that's impressive, whoever that guy is, you know? Yeah, and I think the traders' bikes are okay, and yeah. and I I don't know why I thought Rinsland was was thinking he was still on cycle trader, but um, yeah, I think those bikes are okay. But if when you're looking at the guys around them, it's you know Chase Sexton right in front of them and Justin Hill behind them. It's yeah, you know there's yeah. def- absolutely a difference in those bikes. So has there been a Supercross champion in 250s that has had a poor of outdoor as Justin Hill outside of Shea Bentley? I, I not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some that you know, I don't DNF'd know. and called it called it a season, but not not many that have you know showed up and practiced and acted um, in from there or, or or just finished poorly. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough go for him, and he's out for Unadilla. I saw Forkner as well, and Anderson is out, yep. of course. Um, so four fifties outside of Marty, 
because that's been a real surprise. <laughs> uh, Marty's been great. He's been great, man. Like, late in the motos. Absolutely. He's setting yeah. lap times. He's chasing dudes down. It's unbelievable. And I'm going to give all the credit to Tim Ferry, of course. But um, <laughs> outside of Marty, who in 450 class has kind of caught your eye like Gaines? Uh, that's a toss-up for me between Dakota Alex and Henry Miller, kind of for, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Dakota's been just super consistent, almost like Nick Gaines, where he's just always there, always finishing finishing well. And Henry Miller a little more for the kind of flashes of, um, mm-hmm. you know, compared to his, his old results. He's just has yeah. a little bit more. I think the ceiling's higher for him than I thought it was. So, Yeah, I think a lot of these 50 guys could look at moving up through 40 and being like, hey, it's cheaper. I don't gotta spend. I don't gotta have as good of a bike uh, that I need, and I can just rely on fitness and my speed. Yeah, since, since Henry dropped or moved up rather to the 450 class, he's been he has one bad moto. The rest are all yeah. in the points, and all you know he hovers around that you know and, 10, 12 spot, which and, is pretty damn good. And bro, him. don't forget the whole shot at Millville, whole shot to double gainer. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was painful. It was. He, he still came back to a, a really yeah, good fourteen. I don't remember what? Fourteen. But, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Um, well, hey Charles, thank you for your time on the show, Fly, Fly, Fly Race and Moto Sixty Show. Uh, appreciate the uh, the time and the thoughts and everything else, and, and and we'll definitely get you back in here. You're coming up for a pulp show at some point uh, in the future yep. as well, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Thanks, man. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate it. All right, thanks. Charles Castley from 100% and uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Truck Hero. We're wrapping up. Marks? Yo. A lot of phone calls today. Yeah, that was busy. That Passionate was... Nations talk. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's really into it. Maybe I'll just talk about Nations for the next three weeks. That's it. I'm going to call out. <laughs> I'm calling out. Uh, next week, Tits Legendary. Back in studio, everybody. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. See you next week.